0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Four Guys Roundtable Show. This is Joe, a.k.a. Theo. we got Jeremy, Darth Patton, and AJ Nitro here with us tonight as well. Oh, we're going to be talking some NBA stuff. Just hits me right here in the good old heart because I just want to talk <laughs> about this heart, so bad. Lie. Me too. Once in a while, every other day, it depends, you know, all that good stuff. But we'll be talking about some NBA, some goat talk, some other jazzy NBA stuff as well. Um, but I just want to just a little side note here. Just tell you what happened the other day to me. So, Jeremy, um, one of our other uh, just normal chats that we have uh, with the four of us, I was drinking uh, iced tea out of one of these uh, mason jars, right? So um, the other weekend, I was cleaning the kitchen, and I found some accessories for the mason jar. So I was like, huh, where did these come from? I have no idea where it came from, who bought it. Eh, fuck it. Who cares? So I uh, cleaned it up, put it on there. And then my wife looks at me, and she's kind of like, hmm, that looks like a sippy cup for adults. And I was like, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. And then my son comes around the corner and, you know, she says it to my son. And my son just looks at me He's like, Daddy's just weird. She's like, yeah, I know. That's your father. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? So here's my little sippy cup. nation Jack. Got the little, the little the classic fuck? thing. Has the hole to put the thing or you can just drink it. And got my uh, you know, um, sweet tea slash mixed lemonade oh, homemade. Look and look at this.
1: Pat's worried.
0: It's strong. <laughs> Fucking beautiful, guys. I recommend it. Get this stuff. I mean, there's iced tea in it now, but I mean, another night I might have something else that has a little stronger, but, you know, it is what it is. So you
2: moved down to North Carolina and turn into yeah. a hillbilly redneck <laughs> with oh. your mason jars, and then <laughs> now you've you turned see? into a baby redneck with a
1: sippy cup.
0: <laughs> here's, here's the thing. These mason jars just came out of nowhere because I think my wife needed them for work for some weird shit. And then we had extras, so I started drinking out of them. I was like, "All right."
2: I thought cool. maybe you were gonna say she started canning.
0: <laughs> no, um, for something else, and there were extras. I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about the redneck part, I said to my son the other day, we were driving home from uh, Target, and I go to him. I said, "Nico," I said, "I said to him, I was like, listen, if you ever see Daddy come home with a big red truck with big tires, <laughs> you better run.'" Because I've gone full-fledged redneck, and you're, 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 you're in trouble then. And he just kind of looks at me. He's like, Mommy, what's a redneck? She's like, you don't want to know. Just, just, just keep it to yourself.
1: Just show, her, show <laughs> him a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That'll sum it up.
0: <laughs> probably, yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no,
3: no. See, no, no, no. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. As somebody who spends a decent amount of time in you know, what you would call like the Deep South, I will say two things about Joe's story that he just and anyone else here at. One, I'm not at all surprised that he's already gone this route. And two, Austin is not a redneck. Austin is a Texan. That's a completely different subculture and a completely different subset of human being. That's uh, all I Yeah. Uh, okay. He
1: he brought the redneck population to wrestling, so I'll I'll put him in that group for that sole reason.
3: Oh, come on. We know the redneck population was already there he in wrestling. He doubled it that's that's that's, (laughs) you know hey the 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 territories that everybody always loves to talk about is having been like you know like you know had like the like the most you know like vibrant crowds and like like the 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 ones who seem to like take the most seriously you know whether it was you know florida or mid-atlantic or mid-south or world-class what do they all have in common they're all either in the south for Texas, okay. <laughs> I rest my fucking case. He That's brought the redneck. He,
0: he brought the redneck NASCAR people to the he WWE. Sure That's what he don't did. Yes he maybe brought,
3: so brought people to WWF <laughs> after years of not watching WWF because it was them from the Northeast. But you know, yeah. Uh, so funny, I got to tell you guys.
2: But... Speaking of the whole redneck thing, you know, redneck is definitely not just the South because when I was taking my oldest daughter back to college so we could pick up her stuff and bring it home, these two big ass jacked up trucks fly by us. One has the stack coming out of the back of it. One has the big tailpipe. They're both big diesel trucks. And what do they do? They dump and just big clouds of black smoke everywhere all over the road. I was like, It was so thick from the, these two knuckleheads you couldn't even see. I was like, and, and then, of course, that shit just stinks on top it of does. it. It does. It smells terrible. i are like, what the, f-? god damn it, like, what the hell? Like, just, could you just drive normal? My, <laughs> I guess I'm my, old.
1: <laughs> my favorite, like, story to, like, tell my friends in Ohio about PA is that when I worked, when I worked at Champs, I could always tell the Eagles fans from the squealers fans because if they came in watch no it teeth, watch what you're going to say if they came in with no teeth they were squealers fans wearing uh, <laughs> their zubaz pants and all that crap i knew it was a steelers fan so <laughs> never failed me either
0: you know, you know, zubaz
3: uh, pants. You know, pennsylvania is definitely you know you look at it state to state so you know you know So side to side, top to bottom is quite eclectic. I mean, like, you know, central Pennsylvania, like northwestern Pennsylvania, even like the northeast part of Pennsylvania, you get it like above, you know, the uh, Lehigh Valley area where Jeremy and I are definitely, you know, redneck, you know, north, basically. Pittsburgh's Mm -hmm. kind of its own entity. Philly's kind of its own entity. And then. Again, where we live in the Lehigh Valley, I've always felt like it has a weird cross section of like just about everything. I mean, it's still predominantly white, but there's there's a lot of minorities and there's a lot of multiple types of minorities. You know, there's African Americans, there's Hispanic Americans, Indian Americans, Asian Americans. So we just have a real interesting kind of subsection of like everything here, while still being predominantly white and you know just a little heckish. But it seems like again over the last I don't know, say maybe 10, 15 years or so. It's like they've been trying to turn us into, you know, an extension of New York and New Jersey in a lot of ways. You know, we're becoming quickly like you know, the uh, the warehouse capital of the world. And you see all these, you know, nice little, you know, housing developments that spring up and everything. So it just makes you go, well, somebody who's somewhat affluent is moving in, but it ain't me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just...
2: Well, you can tell how different just the area in which we live in, Pat is compared to other areas, we have such a wide variety of people who like different teams, and I think that's why Matt felt so at home because when he lived here is because we had so many people that like the Giants, so many people that like Dallas Cowboys. You had Packers, you had Steel. Like you could find a fan for almost any team in this damn area, and we live an hour north of Philadelphia, which was crazy. Well, not yeah, that I think yeah. everybody that should be an Eagles fan or a Sixers fan or anything like that, but it's like. Why the hell are there Dallas fans around here? Like, that was the only fan that ever drove me nuts in this area. It's like, why are there Dallas fans here? You're in Pennsylvania. You don't live anywhere close to Dallas, and Dallas is not an American team. Stop that shit.
1: (laughs) When I I was there, all of you guys who I'm friends with, like all of my friends in, in PA, not one of us. There's like eight or nine of us, and the only people that like the same team are Joe and the other Pat. They both like the Bears. Everybody else likes a different team. It's really strange that eight or nine people, two people, and only one person likes the Eagles, you. <laughs> so it, it was really strange when I thought about that, that like everybody likes like a different team. It's uh,
3: it, it's weird in a lot of ways because, again, you talk about people liking all different teams. I used to work with a guy at T-Mobile whose favorite teams were baseball and football. Were the Phillies and the Cowboys. And I told him repeatedly Uh? that he was violating like the fundamental laws of sports fandom. I said, there is no way you can be a Cowboys fan. And then (laughs) also root for any team that calls Philadelphia, New York, or Washington its home. It's just a friggin' impossibility. Or San Francisco, for that matter, because the Cowboys and the 49ers had a long rivalry and everything. Mm So it's like, I just said, I don't understand this and he he gave me his reasoning once but unfortunately i forgot what it was i think he was just one of those guys who again bought into the cowboys america's team bullshit which again when i was coming of fandom the cowboys were in a down spot you know in the late 80s really mm-hmm. so i wasn't old enough to know their 70s glory days with landry but i was definitely there of course with the rise of the jimmy johnson troy aikman Emmitt smith teams and i know plenty of people who jumped on their goddamn bandwagon? There's a guy. Hell who yeah. Used, there's a guy who used to live right down the road from me. Huge Eagles fan. All of a sudden, in 1991, when the Cowboys go 11 and five, make the playoffs but lose. Um, all of a sudden, he's rooting for the Cowboys. I the
0: Eagles and the Cowboys. That's that
3: is we, horrible. We we don't. That deserves a swift kick in the nuts.
0: I don't have. I
2: Just
1: wish I could get a picture. Of, and had physical evidence so we could put it up right now to show that one night where Jeremy had an Eagles jersey and a, or a Cowboys jersey and an Eagles hat on because of a bet he lost with me. I wish we still had the physical evidence of that. There night. is no physical evidence. That has been erased. <laughs> Never happened. Those, those people that night were looking at Jeremy like, what in the hell is going on with this guy? And they were playing <laughs> each other that night in a Monday night game too. So he's wearing – A cowboy's jersey and an Eagles hat, and people are like looking at him (laughs) and just shaking their head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I saw him walking, I'd be like that motherfucker lost. He lost the bat
1: to me. Oh, the way he'd be
0: walking in like that.
1: It was still fun for me to watch Jeremy squirm a little bit that night.
3: (laughs) Well, the other thing too, again, Jeremy, you mentioned about like, you know, people in this area liking all sorts of different themes and everything. Yeah, I've said I'm a Giants fan. You know, I'm mean, originally from 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 northern, I, well, you, I, what I guess you could call northern Jersey. It's like, okay, where I live, the New Jersey border is only like six seven miles to the east here, if it's even that. You know, and I don't know if it's still this way, but back in the day, and I'm talking, this is you know, thirty years ago now, where you live you know, obviously determines like you know which like you know local broadcast you get and everything. So like, mm-hmm. I right live here my local stations are the Philly stations, you know? So I like the, I'm going to see like, you know, the Eagles on Sunday on Fox and everything. But if I go six miles to the East and just cross over the Delaware river into Jersey, it's going to be the giants and the jets, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's weird just how like the borders get drawn and everything too. And it's kind of funny because, uh, since we don't have the Sunday ticket right now, since we don't have direct TV anymore. And that's the whole story for one day, one day, probably a discussion. <laughs> um, but like, if the Giants are uh, going to be on the CBS affiliate, we, we, with our cable, we somehow get the New York Fox in addition to getting the Philadelphia Fox, but mm-hmm. we don't get the Borg York CBS. So if the Giants are going to be on the New York CBS station, and like, if they if they're going to play at the same time that the Eagles are going to play, or the Eagles are going to be at home, they're not they're going to get blacked out on that CBS channel, so we won't see it. So like, we literally have to go to my aunt's house somewhere in Jersey. If we want to see the you know, Giants game just because we don't have the friggin' Sunday ticket anymore, so we should probably. It's just weird. It's just weird. Jump, it's just weird.
1: To topic. Maybe we're boring everybody now. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I hope not. <laughs> I
3: mean, I would hope it's not boring. I mean, I, I I'm think just that was,
0: drinking alcohol if, if it was boring. I I'll make it more
3: fun. You said something about wanting to do an intro. Well, hey, yeah, I think we got okay. an intro. Yeah, it's kind of, we just kind of bullshit and with each other because if there's one thing four of us can sling it's some bullshit that's right (laughs) on that side what we want to talk about today as Theo said is the NBA and the GOAT if you will and if you don't know what GOAT means when we're talking about sports I don't think this is the show for you you should probably already know (laughs) what that term means anyway the four fans that we
2: have just dropped off thanks
3: Pat (laughs) I told you I was going to, hey, they don't call me Darth Pat for nothing, you know. Uh, know, That's right. (laughs) You can't can't handle the dark side. You're not in the right spot. But anyway, (laughs) there are a couple of facets to this discussion we would like to do. So I think what we want to start off with doing, now there's one component of this argument we're going to talk about, I think, a little bit more extensively. But I think what we want to do first is just kind of throw out the names of the guys who we think reasonably can be considered as the greatest of all the time. Now, I will freely admit, I'm not as big of an NBA fan as I was 15, 20 years ago. As That's I, happens I when
0: you're a Knicks fan.
3: But, exactly. hey, going. As, I <laughs> as I mentioned last time, when you're a New York Knicks fan and the franchise has been as pathetic as any in sports, and that includes the Cleveland Browns or you know the Tampa Bay Rays for most of their existence. Or, you know, just like just like insert the name of any bottom feeding team here, you know, basically. Uh I knew the yeah. Knicks were in trouble when they hired Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. I mean it's, but it's just it, it's <laughs> a little hard to, to really care about the NBA, despite the fact there's been there's been so many great players in the NBA over that mm-hmm. over this period of time, you know. For sure. Um, so what I would say is, because I can tell he wants to say something, let's throw it over to <laughs> And AJ, what do you think of the NBA greatest of all time? What names are the first ones that come to your mind? Uh, probably Bird and
1: Magic, Jordan, Bird, Magic, like all three of them. So those three guys like changed the game on like levels. Like nobody watched the NBA before Bird and Magic. I've that I've done I've read so many books and done so much like research and all this kind of stuff. Nobody watched the NBA. Before Bird, everything was taped. Like, even hmm. when Bird and Magic first got into the league, like, I was watching the Celtics when I was, like, five or six. To watch Celtics, like, Lakers playoff games, they tape delayed everything by hours. So you weren't even seeing it live. We're so spoiled now. Hmm. Like, you can go on your phone and find highlights of the game five minutes after it happens. In the 80s, you had to wait four hours to watch the game sometime, and you didn't have the internet so you didn't that you couldn't you didn't know what the score was or anything like you had to wait that to me those those are the kind of things that that's like changing a game when these two guys mm-hmm. come along and they, they put the nba on the map essentially that they changed the game just from that standpoint there's other ways like i i think that birds for me he was my favorite player as a kid and I think still to this day, the one thing I can say about him that supersedes everybody else is that I think he was the most intelligent player I've ever seen. I think he had the highest basketball IQ of anybody I've ever seen play in the NBA. And I think Jordan and Magic and there are other guys who are up there, but I think Bird was, had the highest basketball IQ of anybody. That's why he was successful as a GM and a head coach. The only other person who's really had any success at those two things is Steve Kerr. And he was a role player. He wasn't like the kind of player that Larry Bird was. So I think that helped him be a really good coach and stuff. I, I don't, it, just because you're a good player doesn't always mean you're going to be good at the other two facets of it. I, he's the Very one true. guy that's been really good at all three. And it's because his basketball IQ was, was so high. So I think those three guys, I think Duncan, 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 maybe Tim Duncan's name, could you could make a case for him, maybe. He's probably the greatest power forward of all time. And then in, in like 10 or 15 years, Steph Curry is going to be coming out of my mouth in this discussion, I'm sure of it, just because he's the best shooter I've ever seen. So those are kind of the guys for me. But Bird, Magic, and Jordan, to me, are probably the three guys who definitely <laughs> would be in my like top five for sure.
2: Right. Um, and you mentioned Steve Kerr. You know, AJ, when you're talking about like how he had that success, Steve Kerr was another guy, even though he was only a role player for the for the Bulls, he had a very high basketball IQ, like he understood the game and how it played. And, you know, being with Jordan and, and that and having that kind of play allows you to see the game a little bit differently because you have that super athletic superstar player. And and I think that's what made him su- has made him successful in being able to put together help put together teams through drafts and stuff like that.
3: Well, you have... Something that you mentioned, AJ, too, I think is, is also very telling. You mentioned this about Bird and his basketball IQ. And, you know, this kind of also ties into what you said about Steve Kirk. You know, you see this in pretty much all the major sports. The guys who are the best players um, don't necessarily make the best coaches or managers. Uh, you know, Ted Williams was one of the greatest players of all time in baseball. He had a very uh, uneven, to put it nicely, managerial record when he managed the Senators and then the Rangers in the late 60s and the early 70s. And he apparently uh, didn't like click with a lot of the guys that he managed that a bunch of the guys on the team formed what they called the Underminers Club, which was strictly the purpose of which was to get Ted Williams fired, you know? So again, Bird is like the rare guy who I think is, like you said, was a superstar player and then became a pretty good coach. I mean, again, like, you know, some of the, like, the greatest managers in baseball from recent times, Joe Torrey was a pretty good player. He won an MVP, but he wasn't an all-time great. Bobby Cox and Tony LaRusso, I don't think Tony LaRusso ever made the majors. If he did, it was very briefly. And Bobby Cox was the, was very much a role player for baseball as well. So just an interesting thing that I've always thought of. Now something yeah. else, say, okay. Um I've seen professional documentaries like I think on HBO and stuff where they talk about like who saved basketball, and the discussion I guess always kind of comes between, well, was it the bird magic combo or was it Jordan? Who do you really think deserves more of that? I it, you
1: you can go either way, like you can go either way, like I said, because because the nobody watched basketball before bird and magic it's hard to not i think jordan got the casual fan i think jordan probably bought people who had no intention you also like bird and magic also came in when everybody was doing drugs (laughs) like regularly i mean even jordan talked about on the last dance about how his rookie year they they were like are you in or out and he's like i'm out (laughs) so he didn't want nothing to do with that so it's hard it's hard because you're you're it was two players to one because I also because I think Jordan's the greatest personally, it, it's tough. I, I that's why I always group the three of them together. Even though Bird and Magic were five years before Jordan, I kind of group the three of them together because I don't think there was a, another time period where anybody uh, anybody came along. You can go back and find times in wrestling when something similar to that happened, like in the Attitude Era. You can find guys who came along all of a sudden. And changed everything. Those three guys came along in a five-year period and changed the NBA forever. And we're just—I don't know—we're ever going to see guys like that, like those three, ever again. I think those guys are hard to duplicate. So Theo, true. Tell us about Jordan, Theo. <laughs> well,
0: you gotta—you gotta add Jerry Sloan to that mix of player and coach. Um, true. Um, yeah. You know, he had a good—you know—he didn't play on very good Bulls teams, but he was the one of the best players true. on that team, and. He had a good NBA career. I mean, his jerseys hanging in the rafters, um, and a long NBA coaching career. So he was a very smart man in regards to that. He
1: was for me, it was. I said that he was the, G, but Bird was a GM, and so was Kerr. They weren't just a coach uh, and a player; they were also GMs too. But, so that was you, more of it
0: for me. I gotcha, you. but you know, you still don't want to forget. About, he he, you don't want to forget about the aspect too, because he's he's kind of that next person right there. No, he is. kind of the same concept in regards to that. So let's – I would say going back to what Pat said, I I think Bird and Magic started it because if you go back and you look at it, you know, coming out of college, they had, you know, two good teams. They faced off, you know, the rivalry started in college and then kind of transpired to them ending up going to the Lakers and the Celtics, two teams who had already won a crap load of NBA titles. And they take their teams and they, they they face off what five times in the NBA finals in the early eighties, late seventies, whatever it was. I think four. So I, I think it was four. I, so I mean so I mean, you, you gotta look at it like I think that they started it and then as they started getting some more people kind of involved in it, with those two being a rival in, in the Eastern and Western conference. And then Jordan just kinda came along and he's just a flashy, you know, phenomenal rookie and whatnot. And I think he just kind of Started to take over for them as they were kind of like getting things back together, like uh, AJ said. Michael brought the the casual fan to the game and kind of elevated that. But then you know, in the early '90s, that's when you know the Jordan brand just took off. The Olympics, you know, Jordan really made it a global a global market for the NBA with this, the 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 Nike deal. Yeah, uh, with the Jordans. Um, just a clothing line then, just everything, the commercials, like, what, I mean, what other NBA player was making commercials before Jordan? I mean, maybe it's Converse commercials and some other local commercials. Those those were terrible commercials, those Converse commercials.
1: There was one one good Converse commercial with Bird and Magic where, like, Magic drove up on a limo to, like, the old, like, court, like, in the country with Bird. That was the only good commercial for shoes or for anything before we we got to be like mike and all the mars blackman and all the jordan like that was the only commercial i really remember standing out before jordan started doing all that stuff was that one and, and everybody went out and bought those converse loaded weapons too my dad had the larry bird ones the magic there were magic ones bird ones isaiah thomas ones Everybody
2: well, bought yeah, shoes because all they did was change the colors on them to make <laughs> them for the damn team. Yeah. Converse was so generic <laughs> in their shoemaking. <laughs> oh, let's take the same exact shoe, just change the colors from Detroit to the LA Lakers to the Celtics to this team, that team. They had like ten to fifteen, I think, NBA players that they had signed, and they just changed the colorway for them. And, I was like, this is ridiculous. Bought, like that's the every, dumbest thing ever.
1: Everybody bought those shoes, though. So that another, that's another aspect where. I think somewhere somebody probably noticed that. Somebody said, "Okay, we came out with shoes for these players. Maybe this is a like you know somewhere we can make money." And Jordan's agent probably was licking his chops. <laughs> and,
0: okay. you know, Why Nike more- do what they did?
1: Jordan signed the greatest shoe contract ever. Like Nike, Nike made so much money off of him off that contract. Like the, like it's ridiculous how much. They paid nothing for that contract when you look at it now, and he made that company so much money. Like his first shoe contract, it's they they said that they would have been happy if they sold like thirty thousand pairs of the of the ones. They sold like almost a million five pairs of the the ones. So like that's five times more than what they were expecting. So at that point, who they gambled, yeah. and you know Jordan wanted to go with Adidas. So, like, that's the crazy thing. What if Jordan had went with the company he wanted to go with? (laughs) I mean,
0: you never know. I mean, just not just Jordan, though. I mean, look at all the other. I mean, he signed a huge contract with McDonald's and a huge contract with Gatorade. You know, besides the local contracts, you know, you have big market nationwide contracts. He signed for a shitload of money and still has contracts. So it's like, you know, he kind of put it on the map to expand your brand, per se, as a NBA player
1: he did he did different things than bird and magic did too like bird and magic did brought certain things and then Jordan dunked and he did stuff that those two didn't do so that's why it's like the three of them you got the dunker the shooter and the passer you kind of got three facets of the game with all three of those guys that they changed the game dramatically just in those three areas there's plenty of other areas too but you could if you delineated one category to each of them That They changed the game just in that category alone. They made it way better. So that's why I still like to lump the three of them together because I was five or six when Bird and Magic like came into the league, and I was 10 when Jordan came into the league. And the the Indiana State, Michigan State is still like the the most watched college basketball game in history based on the time period. Like obviously more people watch games now, but if you base it on the time period and how many televisions – that's still the most watched like college basketball national championship game ever so
2: yeah so just to kind of feed off what you were saying Theo you know Jordan um like I can't think of an NBA player before Jordan that was more recognizable in person wherever they went than Jordan now now everybody that plays in the NBA that's kind of a superstar is recognizable due to social media and stuff like that and they you know, they have a different level of stardom, but Jordan was like the first international basketball representative that, you know, when they went to play, I think, what was in Italy? They had those tournaments, like little play like tournaments in Italy yep. that they went to. I think it was right. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even get off the bus without being mobbed by the the Italian fans. Like it was crazy to see that on um, the last dance to see how big he had become internationally. And that was before the Olympics.
0: One well, other thing, too, was he, well, he just wanted to play basketball. I mean, his earlier contracts with the Bulls, he had to get stuff in there for to play exhibition games. I mean, I was watching a, um, an exhibition game where he was he was over in Europe and um, probably like the mid-80, I would probably make 87, 88 maybe, maybe around there, 86. Um, but he's playing, and they just wanted, it was just a big hype of just Jordan being there. So in the first half, he played for the blue team and scored, like, 20-some points. And in the second half, he switched and played for the orange team and scored, like, 18 points or some jazz like that. And they were just, like, just, you know, they just wanted to see this man play. And he wanted to play basketball. He wanted you know, be an exhibition showcase. You know, and there was, like, a whole bunch of exhibition games he played in that there's no way in hell that they were the NBA players playing now, to be honest with you. You know, besides, you know, NBA players playing the pickup games with each other, you know, uh, on the side. But that really wasn't something they really let players do really back then. But he just wanted to play and just and there was just in his early career, people from overseas, like recognizing this and be like, hey, you know, you come over and showcase what you can do in front of the, the French people and stuff? So that's, that's, you know, it's that was kind of the beginning of, of it becoming it was- so global, too.
1: He was also never dumb enough to make a statement like a certain other person. I want to be the most famous basketball player ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you don't come out and say stuff like that. It just happens. Like, you don't label yeah. yourself the king. It just happens.
0: Yeah, you don't give yourself I'm sorry. Who people. could
2: you possibly you be talking you about, AJ? call yourself
1: the GOAT. Other people call you that. <laughs> this, this is, you know, to favorite subject. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, I mean, so, I, I think it's fine to to say that you aspire to be that, right. but to declare yourself that, yeah, I mean, you're you're not doing yourself any favors there because you're just leaving yourself open for all kinds of stuff. So that's why it's like, um, what the hell was the guy's name? Uh, uh, oh, Harold Miner you know when oh, he gets oh, Jesus. baby jordan when he gets hit with the baby jordan moniker as far as i know he did not give that to himself the media kind of hoisted that upon they did him for whatever reason and that's not fair to him that you know, wasn't his if, gone, if he had gone around him you know and called himself baby jordan and then you know had the career that he had then he was yeah, you got every right to to rag on him. And basically, just you know say ah, ah, ah. so Right. Yeah. The,
2: the I media- actually felt bad. I felt bad for Harold Miner because of that. You know, when the media labels you, you know, anything related to Jordan because of this, the status that he had, the, you know, the the kind of player that he was. To put any kind of moniker or any label on you, they put you as Jordan. Because it wasn't just Harold Miner. There was another player that I can't think of also well, they, that got that. They do like, it
1: with everybody now. If this person's the next Kevin Durant. This person's the next LeBron. They do it with everybody now. So the media has taken that to the extreme and yeah. they label everybody I, something now. I think
0: that hurt Harold Miner, though. Like oh, it did. It mentally. killed his career. Mentally. That. Yeah, that mentally destroyed his career because he's like, oh, now I got to do this and I got to do that. And he's like, this this guy really can't do all that. But stuff.
3: that was Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a new thing either, because, I mean, this is back before any of our time. But this is a story my dad always told me because my dad's favorite player of all time was was Mickey Mantle. Now, as Mantle's getting <laughs> towards the end of his career, as the 60s are going on, the injuries and everything are catching up with him. The Yankees bring up Bobby Mercer. Bobby Mercer went on to have a really good career, but he wasn't Mickey Mantle. And the problem was, is that he was a center fielder for the Yankees who came from Oklahoma, just like Mickey Mantle. So Mm. the fact that he wasn't Mickey Mantle and as if he could have been for the fact that he wasn't Mickey Mantle, everybody kind of always looked at him as if he was like a disappointment. And when the Yankees like traded him to the Giants for Bobby Bonds in the mid 70s, the Yankees soured on Bobby Bonds after one season and then traded him away. And I think Billy Martin was still the manager then. He said something like, well, we found out that Bobby Mercer was actually a better player than Bobby Bonds was. So it was like, it was kind of like you didn't actually really know what you had until it was gone kind of thing. It's just kind of a funny story. But it's like, yeah, you can't ever saddle anybody with the, oh, you're the next, insert whatever name you want. doesn't matter what sport we're talking about so here. So the, the media yeah. oh, – oh, oh. yeah. Well,
2: I got to interject for just a moment here. We got a public service, service announcement. If I could talk, we have a public service announcement because we're a half hour into our show here, and I still haven't mentioned anything. Just like always, at the end of our show, we have the Mount Rushmore. We don't know what it's gonna be yet, fans, but you gotta listen to the very end of the show to find out what the Mount Rushmore is gonna be. Four new heads
0: for About Mount those Rushmore. CP Cups. That's what it so, is.
2: So the no. <laughs>
1: The,
0: the, oh, all I'm right, sorry, AJ. Go ahead to the put in your, your adult city cups. Okay, we'll that our back. buddy
1: LaBomb did call himself the goat, so the media didn't do that. He there's yes, actually yes, he video did. footage of him calling himself the goat. So, whether the media's done it or not, he did it himself. So, that's a little bit different than what happened to Baby Jordan, Harold Miner. So,
2: very much so. Like, what I am, I know we're going to get into this conversation, but I just wow. Well. When when you think about greatest of all time and I and, you know, when I when I look back at basketball and the basketball that I've seen, um, you know, I definitely would include Tim Duncan as one of the the greatest players uh, of all time. Uh, You know, Jordan, Bird, Magic. Um, There's probably another player that I could throw in there possibly, but it doesn't really You know, it was more of like they were the greatest at kind of that position. Um, But when you talk about greatest of all time, it's not just about rings, like how many rings, because if that was the case, there would really be one clear standing person as far as the greatest of all time. And that would be Bill Russell because of how many rings he has. You know, he has 11 out of 12 times being there. You know, that that would just end any conversation at all the time. When you think about greatest of all time, though. In you know in any sport, you've got to look at one. How many times were they to the big dance, whatever sport it was? You got to look at what their contribution was to the game. Um, you know MVP uh, possibilities, Golden Gloves if you're talking baseball. Uh, Cy Youngs too. Um, and then you also got to look at did they change the game? Was there a game changing thing that they did, or did the game just remaining the same but they were like they were an elevation of what the game is like how how great their talent was just made them special but they didn't do anything to change the game so and i think that's where you really gotta there there's those factors that you gotta take into when you talk about who is really the greatest of all time and that's why i think you have uh kobe bryant to throw in there you have Um, Steph Curry will probably be thrown in there at some point in time. Um, somebody help me out. There's probably another person that I'm missing right now that I can't think of. I,
1: I think you're I think you're you're pretty much the people that would have came out of my like I mean, you might go backwards and somebody might say Oscar Robertson or somebody might say like Kareem. You can go backwards and find some people from like before we were born. But I think nowadays, like in our lifetime, I think we've pretty much hit on most of the people I think that would be in that category, like those are the people I would have, those are like all people you've said that would probably be in my top 10. Like all those guys we've talked about would be in the top 10, I think. So um, I, I think. I mean,
2: I'd love to throw Charles Barkley in there, but
1: <laughs> let's be honest.
2: Charles Barkley is not one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> as much as I love Barkley, he was top not. 20. But can I throw yeah. him in there just for shits and giggles? <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, to, to me, also, again, you know, we're we're talking about going. If we wanted to go older, and obviously, again, these are not guys who I got to see play, unfortunately. But to me, there was always like, you know, kind of like like a like like a three pillar thing upon which like the league was was built on. You know, you're talking Russell, Chamberlain, and Kareem. You know, to me, it's like those are the guys who I think were, you know, the most recognizable and like the most transformative guys. Like you know, from those early NBA years. And Kareem, I think, all centers. Yes, yeah, so I mean, was it definitely That's was a, a big crazy man. thing. Yeah, it centers. was a, it was a big man's league for the most part. Even though you had guys like you know Oscar Robertson and Jerry West and some other guys, and but Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich, obviously, yeah. Um, I mean, like even before Russell, you know, you had George Mikan. I mean, he was a center, so. But like Kareem, I think was maybe like the first guy who also for the league. Uh, except for me. I mean, maybe Chamberlain did. I'm not sure. But Kareem was the first guy to really have like uh, some crossover appeal. Uh, you know, he got into other avenues the way that, you know, Jordan eventually would. And then obviously guys who've come after Jordan have, uh, I mean, Kareem's role in airplane is really one of the funniest, you know, sports athlete performances of all time, because, you know, he's not playing himself he's playing the co-pilot but then when the kid recognizes him as kareem and he keeps denying that he's kareem until we <laughs> kid like an insult from his father about oh you don't really try except in the playoffs and he gets all pissed and he grabs the kid by his shirt and he's like you tell your old man to try dragging waltlin and lanier up and down the court for 40 minutes every game you know they're, they're like, let's go the kid and the kid just got this look on his face like he was, he was. So, I mean that was just hilarious to me. He, you was, know? Like, he was, was very reserved. Kareem
1: was very reserved and quiet. So that would like what you just said about him. That would be like us take them taking Tim Duncan and trying to put him in a movie and make him act because Tim Duncan never did any. He just sat there. Like we never saw we ever saw emotion from him once in a blue moon. That's why nobody over the under the age of thirty likes Tim Duncan because he was boring. And he didn't do anything flashy. He just played the game the way it was supposed to be played. Apparently, that's not good enough anymore. You got to be able to dunk on people and run people over and travel and take five steps to be a good player nowadays.
0: The phantom well, block and trash talk like a son of a bitch. Well, the phantom exactly. pretend you got hit by somebody when you're all the way over here, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Can you see me graze my pinky?
3: He grazed my pinky. Come on, man, that was a foul. Saying that about Duncan is an interesting thing, too, because I think, you know, if you follow baseball right now, I think anybody Mm. who knows anything would unquestionably say the best player in baseball right now is Mike Trout, and he has been from pretty much almost the moment that he came into the league. But he hasn't been necessarily the most marketable guy in the world because he seems to not really care in the sense that it's not something that, like, he's trying to pursue like himself. Like, like, he doesn't crave that spotlight, that attention. Like, like Kareem, like you said. And you know, it got to the it got to the point where you know the, the the baseball commissioner said, "Well, you know, we've tried to do things with Mike. To, you know, like make him the face of the game, but 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 Mike doesn't want to do it. Mike doesn't want." <laughs> it's all Mike's it's fault. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's kind of like saying. Um, that's a good way to treat the guy who you want to make the face of your sport. <laughs> it's like, you know, he doesn't have that, that, that quiet, but kind of like assured assuredness that say like Derek Jeter always had. Um, but to, 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 to diss him like that is uh is a uh, kind of a funny thing. To, um, and I just can't really imagine why you would ever really go there with somebody again that you're trying to promote. So, but yeah, Duncan, I mean, Duncan went to went to Wake Forest, so he didn't go to the flashiest school, you know. Not just in college basketball, but even his own conference, because Wake Forest is never going to be Duke or UNC, you know. Then he goes to the Spurs, so it's a small market, you know, relative to you know most teams in the NBA. I think everybody pretty much regards San Antonio as a small market, you know. It's it's not New York or LA or even Chicago or Philly or Miami, Um, so yeah, he he just always seemed to kind of fly under the radar. it, well, it, it, and he also weird. had the thing to me with Duncan too is that he now he and this is the only knock that I'd ever really say Duncan, he never seemed to want to try, when it came time for the Olympics, and I think that's because like the one time they did play in the Olympics, I, which I think was in 04 when they only won the bronze, I think you know he said something like FIBA sucks, so he pretty much said that the FIBA rules were just you know too much of a pain in the ass to put up with and that's why he didn't want to be bothered with. He, well, look what they put with, on his team with him, too. So, let's go. Stuff stuff topic. I think anybody <laughs> at that point
1: would have said, see ya, I would have been like, forget it.
3: Well, I oh, yeah, I just, yeah. I just will always, like, you know, kind of value those guys who do go out for the Olympics. Like, I'm not the, the most nationalistic guy. For whatever reason, when it, like, it comes time for, like, you know, the Olympics and everything, it's like, you know, if we do not win the goddamn gold medal in basketball, then it's a freaking failure, you know? So... <laughs>
2: I, I, I think I'm
3: Duncan the, I'm the was Alive for 1972, but like you know, I was alive for 1988. My dad just told me about what a fiasco it was, and of course, we got the Dream Team out of that. And I, then, I, I don't, I think Duncan, maybe if you look deep enough, he
1: he probably did change the game in some way. He definitely changed the franchise, that's for sure. So I don't know if you could pinpoint one specific thing he did, but it's hard to not think that he had some something he did something to the game you go to a place and he made the playoffs every year of his career so he he won 50 something games every season and he won five oh. championships like he completely changed the franchise like they could never win before he got there because David Robinson was soft he was a pansy so they could <laughs> never win because Robinson I like David Robinson but that dude was soft as a marshmallow That's what
2: happens when
3: you go to the Navy and play basketball. It's also ironic because the only reason Duncan ended up in San Antonio is because Robinson got hurt that year. So the Spurs were terrible, and that's the only reason why the Spurs were even in a position to get Duncan.
1: Duncan never had, like, he never put up, like, 30 and 15 regularly. He was very consistent throughout his career. He was always good for, like, Like 20, 20, 20 10 a night. Like, he never, like, he had games here or there, but I think somewhere in that, he probably should did something. Maybe he made, maybe, maybe somewhere a kid was like, you know what? I'm just going to learn how to play basketball the right way. And I'm not going to do any of the other stuff. And I'm going to become a good basketball player. Cause I want to be like Tim Duncan. Maybe he motivated somebody somewhere to just be a fundamentally sound basketball player. Cause right. heaven forbid that you would want to be that. So,
2: <laughs> well, and see, and I'll, I'm going to come in from the coaching perspective because uh, uh, Theo and I both coach uh, youth basketball, or have. May who knows what's happen, happen right now with COVID nineteen. If we're even going to have sports ever again for kids, but <laughs> um, coming from looking at Tim Duncan, and and you can look at any player from this aspect. Specifically, Tim Duncan, since we're talking about him. Yes, he wasn't flashy. Yes, he was not a media whore, um, and you know was not. You know, that got to be up in the media. Got to be making present of myself. He was a basketball player. He knew what his role was. I'm going to go out. I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to do everything I can within my power to help my team win. You know, if that means I have to put up X amount of points, get so many rebounds. So if you want to think about the way he might have changed the game is the way that he played his position, like as a power forward, a true power forward in the game where there is no power forward anymore. They give them all numbers and a number just means that's your spot on the floor to start the <laughs> You know, the motion of your offense. It's all that means anymore. He was the true power forward in in a day and age when the game was slowly changing out of what it was when we grew up watching the game where you had a true center. You had true power forward, small forward, shooting guard, point guard. He taught – if any kid was watching and and wanted to learn the game of basketball, he was so fundamentally sound, was able to create – in a time when there was no creation because people didn't know how to guard him. Really. If you look at it that way, people couldn't guard Tim Duncan the normal way on a one-on-one, normal one-on-one matchup. A lot of times they had to come down and double team. him because he was so dominant in the post, the way he played the post. So if anything, you want to say the way he changed the game, he changed the way the post was played, how to play the post in a dominant fashion that you had to draw extra attention unless you had somebody that was that defensively sound, but there wasn't a lot of, there's not, there hasn't been a lot of Dennis Rodman's in the league that could control a player the way that he did. You know, I, I, I honestly can't think anybody that played Duncan's position that was that dominant of a defender when he was playing. Not a power
3: forward. No, no, no. Like you said, Rodman, uh, I think he's going to come close. Maybe Barkley. I know I mean, Barkley was able to get rebounds. I don't know. I don't really know how great of like like say like a one on one defender he was. I mean, he just you know. he was average. Some somewhere yeah.
1: down somewhere down the road, depending on what continues that, depending on where the Warriors go, Draymond Green's name's going to come up in discussions down the road because he's he's a, he plays center a lot and he's a power like he plays out of position all the time now. So he's guarding mm-hmm. guys bigger than him. So his name's going to come up. He's he's been Defensive Player of the Year twice. And he's usually in the top five. He's another guy that's a power forward who people, his name's going to come up. I'm not saying he's, but his name's going to come up in that discussion 10 years from now because he is really good at what he does. And because he's really playing a center, he's a power forward playing the five kind of because they play that small lineup now. Mm -hmm. He's himself guard. Barkley's another guy who he was always guarding somebody bigger than him. right
2: he was a small forward forward. but played power forward
1: a lot and draymond's a power forward that essentially plays center a lot of times because he has to guard the center on the other team because we every you know the warriors played small ball so now everybody wants to play small ball like because they changed Mm -hmm. the game so um i guess can we can we start talking about our our
3: well, well one, one, one other quick thing I wanted to just ask you, AJ. How bummed were you when the Celtics did not win that lottery for Duncan? <laughs> I was
1: pretty upset.
3: Didn't they have like, the best chance that they year? They did, but
1: that's yeah. what there's a lottery for. So yeah. The NBA that year couldn't fix the lottery for him to go there, but they fixed it for the to go to Cleveland for sure. They couldn't <laughs> fix it that year for the Celtics.
0: Can you feel the hate, people? Can you feel the it, hate coming sure, through? I
3: thought for sure he was gonna say the Nixon Ewing there. You know, so that's always uh, I feel like the uh, all-time I don't, conspiracy
0: I don't, theory of the law. I
1: never. The only time I've ever really bought into the conspiracy theory with the draft was LeBron, because I just think that that was there. I just thought that that was there was way too much coincidence there for me to believe that. They weren't even supposed to, they they weren't the number one team. So they won the lottery. So I, I just, it's, I have a hard time believing that that was fixed right. in some way. So, yeah. So, so we'll well, I think, I
2: think,
3: yeah, I think AJ is itching at the bit to get to, to switch the conversation to something else but here. Before we do, before we do that, yeah. Jeremy, do you yes. have something you want to say? Absolutely. He always Don't does. forget, everybody,
2: coming up at the end of our show, which is. I'm not sure when that's going to be. Depends on how long we feel like talking. We have the Mount Rushmore based on, well, you can probably guess it's going to be based on today's topic, but you got to tune into the end to find out who the four people are that are going to join Mount Rushmore this day. Do you want to,
1: do you want to start, Theo, or do you want me to start? <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me say this.
0: So we're, we're going about... to start with here. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk... go on for two hours. Well,
3: no, no, no. We're, we're going to talk about a topic here, which, as you might be able to tell, is very near and dear to AJ's heart. It's also very near and dear to Theo's heart, being that they're, you know, Theo you know, was a you know, huge Bulls fan and therefore was Jordan. I, I've always felt like I was always a Jordan guy, too, even though he didn't play for my team. That's because he went to Carolina. But anyway, if anybody watching has seen the movie Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz and Jason Segel, one of the most memorable parts of that film is where Jason Siegel, who is a teacher, is getting into an argument with one of his pupils, who's got to be no more than 12 years old and probably younger than that, about <laughs> who the better player is between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Now, let me just preface this by saying, if you ever go to basketballreference.com, and, you know, it's a great place to look up stats for anything, you know, you get them so quickly. There is a stat, there's two stats, actually, which would be considered like advanced metrics. One, of course, is called the player efficiency rate. All time, Michael Jordan is number one and LeBron James is number two. There's another stat which is similar, which is called a VORP, which means value over replacement player. In that stat, LeBron James is number one and Michael Jordan is number two. Now, one of the reasons for that, okay, is that because <laughs> LeBron has played more games in his career. He's in the middle yep. of now, you know, this season that just got suspended was his 17th season, where Jordan only played 15 seasons, and not all of them were full seasons because he had the comeback year, he year. The, where he missed a lot of time. So if you look at it in a per-game basis, Jordan does come out on top, and I expect LeBron's probably right behind them, But... It's just very interesting that they're so close in both of those stats, which, again, those are the kind of stats which, you know, more or less called sabermetrics. And they're meant to, of course, compare players across eras and across time differences, especially they each other, which Jordan LeBron never did. So it's just very interesting that, again, they come out to be the top two players. Now, I will fully admit, I personally do not have a horse in this race. I always like Jordan. I've always liked LeBron. But two of my colleagues here <laughs> have very strong feelings about it because of their uh because of one person's just, you know, fact that again Jordan was his guy and the other person because he's just always hated LeBron because he went to the Cavaliers. So, guys, before are, before before these two gentlemen take over, AJ and Theo
2: take over. Mommy. Before you take over, give me one second. I just want to tell our fans that please understand, this is not a LeBron bashing session, okay? (laughs) But understand that this is very heavily opinionated based on the way they feel, okay? We're not taking anything away from LeBron as a player, but we have very clear arguments for who we believe is the number one player of all time in basketball.
3: Dark, now you guys can take it away. Dark, uh, now that Jeremy has said that I let the LeBron Siegel. bashing begin.
1: You never, <laughs> you, never, you never finished your Jason Siegel thing for Bad Teacher.
3: Well, I don't remember the lines exactly, and basically I was kind of hoping that maybe you guys would want to act it out. Okay. So I
1: mean, oh. I'm gonna let Theo go first because
0: Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> so I ain't gonna take anything away from what he does now. I'm not gonna take anything away that he does in his personal life. He does he does stuff for charity. He's a good person in regards to that the school he opened for the stuff he the stuff he did for the school that he opened for the inner city kids. He does the really good stuff outside of basketball, and I, I commend him for that. That's awesome because he is a good person. Absolutely. But let's get back to the true shit, with is basketball. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean. We blame this on the media because the media is the ones who put this shit. And I have to listen to this shit every goddamn year, after year, after year. And it's fucking annoying. (laughs) So to be honest with you, if you people really watch The Last Dance and don't understand why his peers, people who were young rookies in the league at that time, and even some other players that are young, call him the GOAT, I don't know what to tell you anymore. You know, that whole, the the war and all that stuff, like, a lot of that stuff proves, that's one aspect of it. Um, I can care less if Jordan's been out-rebounded or out assists by LeBron. You know, you're you're, you're you're talking about two different positions. Magic Johnson out-rebounded and out assist. you know, Ma, uh, Michael. Who's better in that category? I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, you know, there's a lot of aspects to it. You can take stats, you can take um season accolades, postseason accolades, you know, but at the end of the day, um, the will of somebody's the will of somebody to want to win as much as he did every single day during practice, during games you know all the time even like just like we saw poker games or playing golf or whatever um you know it just he just wanted to win and you know what, the other thing too is that people wanted to criticize him uh for being a bad person so be it he wanted to win and you know he he did everything he needed to do to win and the other thing too is like i understand people say You know, the way he went about it being a teammate wouldn't resonate in today's NBA. No shit because everyone bitches and complains about everything and they're more, no disrespect to them. They're the ones who get millions of dollars, not me, but they're pansies in a a sort of a way. Um, They bitch about everything. It's ridiculous sometimes watching the NBA, hence why sometimes I have to turn the NBA game off and see if there's a college basketball game or a high school basketball game. Hell, I even watch the WNBA because sometimes those games are... Fucking better than the NBA games, so you know you get tired. You, just get, you get tired of of that shit. Um, mm-hmm. But absolutely back then, you know his teammates might have hated him, called him an asshole, called him a dick. But at the end of the day, they went to the playoffs and they won NBA titles. And like Steve Kerr said, he owes a lot to Jordan, and a lot of those other people do too. He got Luke Longley a fucking crazy ass contract to go. What was a fucking Phoenix? Um, even though that didn't last, I mean, Pippen finally got his contract. There were just players who went other places that you know got bigger contracts. Because like, shit, you did this playing with him. What can you do for us? There's a lot of intangibles, you know, um, and there's a lot of stats. I can read. I can fucking name all stats all goddamn night if I really wanted to. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was this stat here, and this is like during the All Star break. I think this was the '86 or 87 or 88 season. I apologize. I don't have uh, that stat. But halfway through the season, Jordan had more block shots than 10 centers combined in the NBA. Now, how does that happen? You have a shooting guard in a big man's league has way more blocks than fucking the centers do. Um, that's just crazy in itself. Um, and that
1: that becomes the fundamental part of this argument and whenever I argue, and because I live where I live, I'm surrounded by LeBron dick suckers, and I hear about it all the time. <laughs> For years, I've been hearing about how great he is and blah, blah, blah. And they're all 20 year old kids, and they don't know what they're talking about. They, this, this, as soon as I start talking about defense, they shut up. Like, they' talk about that's one the biggest point. thing right oh, there. Oh my God. He had this one block that helped them win the game. It helped them win the game. It didn't win the game. So, like, that block is overrated. It's very overrated. LeBron's had a couple of chase-down blocks. Nobody talks about when, in 2018, in the NBA Finals, when Durant was going to shoot that three, he didn't want to guard it. He passed the buck to somebody else because the year before, Durant busted that shot in his face. So, instead of... Saying I'm the best defensive player on this team, I want this. He passed the buck to somebody else so he didn't get embarrassed. That's not, that's not a goat. Goats don't do that. Goats, because I, I'm, a, me and me and Theo have had this conversation. We're we're alphas on the basketball court. If I'm I'm not letting that guy make that shot, so I'm guarding that guy to make sure he doesn't make that shot. I'm not passing the buck to somebody else. Joe, Theo is like six or seven inches taller than me, if I was playing against Joe in a three-on-three game, I would guard him at the end to not let him get that shot because I know he wants it. LeBron and, folks, passed- I've been
2: on the receiving end of the don't let him get that shot off <laughs> foul.
1: So he, he, passed, he passed the buck a lot, and, and earlier in his career, I think LeBron was was a pretty good defensive player. Not great, but pretty good. But I watched the NBA Finals against the Warriors. There was lots of times where he took plays off, just watched people go by, didn't care. He gave up. So when, like, Jordan won defensive player of the year twice, and he made, like, all first-team defense, like, seven or eight times. I think LeBron, he won defensive player of the year once, but he only made all all defense first-team a couple of times. To me, that's where the gap really is. You can throw the points and assists and rebounds up. They're close offensively i think the gap is really besides the rings i think the gap is in the defense i think lebron is a decent defensive player jordan is the best defensive guard of all time arguably one of the best defensive players period of all time you're talking about the all-time great versus somebody who is decent top 20 maybe <laughs> that's a gap that's a huge gap to me not to like i said not to mention the 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 rings and Theo a couple weeks ago told me that Jordan's record in the NBA finals is 24-11, LeBron's is 18 and 31. So some guy who's got a losing record on the biggest stage is the GOAT? I don't think so. No way. No way. When when Theo told Dude. me that that one blew me away more than anything. Like I'm just like no way some guy that's got a losing record in the finals is the GOAT.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, there's, there's certain stats you got to throw out to the side. Like, the three-point shooting is, is a horse shit. I get tired of hearing that stuff because LeBron's not a great three-point shooter. Jordan could have been better than what he was, but he wasn't. He was uh, a 33, 34% guy, just like LeBron is right now. So that's a wash with there. You know, I'll, I'll take— Well, he did make I, those I,
2: six threes against uh, the trailblazers. Yeah,
0: but I mean— I <laughs> Which was I mean, pretty like, freaking awesome. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'll take— you know, you want to talk about rebound and assist, but I'd rather have somebody who's is funny, is Jordan's a 6'6 guard, and LeBron's a six eight six nine power forward, and yet Jordan has averaged more blocks per game in his career than LeBron has, so I'll take that, and the steals is 2.5 to 1.7, I'll take that, I'll take the whole defense, it's a two-way player, and LeBron's never been a true two-way player um, on both sides of the uh, floor ever, you yes, know. Pat- I mean, Jordan's one that has what was it, ten scoring titles. Uh, we already know about that. That's let's let's pass off on that. But I mean, he's led the league three times and steals LeBron zero. Um, I mean, there's just I can throw all kinds of stats out at you if you want to because people love fucking stats. But it's more than stats. It's just you know here like Jordan's been all the de- all defensive first team nine times. LeBron I think is as is is um, six, um, five or six but it's just it's 5 just, 5
3: times first team and 1 time second team for lebron. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean it's yeah, it's nuts. You,
2: you you just can't I mean we got to we got to agree on this that the game the the NBA game has changed. Defense is not as relevant as it is. It should no. be? No,
0: it's
2: it so really true. should be because defense has got to be part of the game, but, but, but no it's turned
0: into to, a high-scoring game. That's yeah, what it and, is right now. And no one wants to play fucking defense. They play defense like Fucking two percent of the goddamn time, or when they feel it's necessary, the last two minutes of the game. Otherwise, everything is fucking jack up a three, haul your ass and trail down to the fucking you know hoop and slam dunk, shoot a three, slam dunk, shoot a three, do fancy shit.
1: Just because the game has changed, that doesn't mean you have to follow suit. Like if LeBron really wanted to play, like he still could, but he's he's like succumbed to what everybody else does. Like I don't think Jordan would have done. That's another thing with Jordan. I don't think he would have let somebody tell him how the game like he wouldn't have let that happen to him. He would have keep playing the game the way he wants to. He wouldn't like give in to oh well the game is changing. I'm, I don't think that Jordan would have done that so much. I think he would have still played his game whereas I think LeBron has kind of gave in and said okay, nobody plays defense, so I guess I'm not going to play defense anymore. That's like a cop out to me. That's like not really a legit reason. So
3: I there could be something to that because LeBron's, again, like I said, five times all-defensive first team and one time second team. The last time he was all-defensive first team was in 2013, and the one time he made all-defensive second team was 2014. Jordan was still making all-defensive first team his last three seasons, 96, yeah. 97, and um, Just some of the things as far as about stats, they actually had the same blocks per game rate for their whole career, which was 0.8. Um, steals, yeah. Jordan comes out ahead of LeBron. That's yeah, you know, that's definitely one thing where they can where you know he comes out ahead. Obviously the scoring. You also mentioned the three point shooting. Jordan was thirty two point seven percent for his career. LeBron's thirty four point four percent. That's really a negligible oh. difference. Right oh, down. So, yeah, one thing I did notice, which I thought was interesting, you look mm-hmm. at their regular season like per game averages, and then you look at their playoff per game averages both guys scored rebounded and assisted at a higher rate in the playoffs than in the regular season so i think that i think that's a, you know that's a point for both guys because it's basically showing then that, that they are playing better at least as individuals in you know like you know in the biggest games and at the highest stage and everything now here's something else i just want to kind of throw out there and, and kind of get your opinions i've heard the argument and I think like even like my dad seems to feel this way. Um, LeBron has the ability, better than Jordan did, to make those around him better. Now, mm,
0: that's iffy. My,
3: my thing with that is is that like I said, I always wanted LeBron to be on the Olympic team because I always kind of felt like there was something to that. But Matt, you Three. pointed out, or uh, AJ, I'm sorry, you pointed out the finals record. Now, there's a lot more to it than that, but I mean, Jordan's got so much of a better record in the finals. So, how much better is LeBron truly making all of his teammates to have such a lackluster record in the finals?
2: Wow, so let me let me weigh, let me weigh in on this real quick because okay. I have a very interesting. So what stat here that I found an I was reading an article today about LeBron James and that, cause I was like, oh, I want to see some stuff. You know, maybe there's something I don't know about LeBron James and AJ, you've pointed this out a couple times about the players that LeBron's had, but this also go back to what Darth Pat was talking about with is LeBron really making people around him better? Is he better at that than Jordan was? And I have to say nay uh, to that because I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, just because what I've seen on the last dance and what I've seen of LeBron's career at this point in time. But here's the stat. So they did this um with people have been in the NBA finals at least five times in their career. Um and their like percent their plus minus percentage that they were gonna possibly win. LeBron is at the almost the very, very bottom with a minus 0.3. The only person below him is Wilt Chamberlain with a minus 1.6. So they're saying, based on teammates, who they played, times in the NBA Finals, that he had a point, negative 0.3% chance of winning the NBA Finals when he made it there, which I think is very interesting because Jordan's was plus point uh, was plus 2, and Bill Russell's was plus 2.4. But that also, I think, goes to show you the kind of player that Jordan was and his teammates, because you get to see it behind the scenes thing with that, with uh, the last dance and how much he pushed his other teammates to practice harder, to get better, because he was trying to get better every single day that he stepped on that court, every day that he practiced everything. Like I think the other thing that kind of hurts LeBron is the rivalry portion of the NBA. There's no big rivals. You used to say, I have to beat this team, this team cannot be better than we are. We've got to beat this team. We gotta smash them into the ground. And when we get to the finals, we gotta destroy the Golden State Warriors. Like we, you know, that's where you know the Celtics and Lakers, they had that rivalry. they're like, we gotta to get to the finals. We gotta to get to the finals. And then we gotta kill each other in the finals. Like, we gotta be the
0: best. The problem but, is too, that takes a negative on him too, is the whole I'm taking my talents to South Beach.
3: Once he no. did that,
0: bold, once he did that, that pretty much ruined it you know, those times he was with Miami and I don't care, you know, I'm not saying he had super teams in Cleveland, but you know, Kyrie and and Kevin Love were, you know, top tier, um, NBA players and and whatnot. So, um, I just, it just, you know, when you, when you associate yourselves with higher tier players and you're forming teams like that, and you're finding those reserve players that just want to play to try to win a championship like they did with like Ray Allen and, um, um, What's the other guy's name? Um, First, Bosch. I forget. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. He was a he was a role player. I just can't remember all their names. Uh, you know, you're going to get guys who are going to take less money to play to play on teams like that to win. But unfortunately, they didn't do everything they set out to do when they went to South Beach, um, because Not they because should, that should have. have been a dynasty. Yeah, they should have, but they, they didn't, and that's and that some of that fault is it does go on LeBron. You know, you want to be a facilitator? That's fine. Magic was a damn facilitator. But you know what Magic did? Magic at crunch time, when it was time to fucking score, he was like, "Give me the fucking ball, get the fuck out of my way." And that's not what he Lebron Lebron does. He doesn't do that at all. He, he he he. You know, and he sees a double or triple team, and it's time of crunch time. He's gonna pass it. Great. Make sure you're passing it to someone who's gonna fucking make a shot, or you you or someone on your team that's gonna do something, not just pass it off to anybody. And that's what his problem. He doesn't know. You know, two minutes before that, you know, he'll haul ass and truck down to the fucking basket, you know, and run somebody over and get a foul. But yet in the crunch time, he very rarely does that. Like why what's what's preventing you? He has to be afraid of some type of fucking failure. Killer mentality, man. Yeah. There and he and he doesn't have that, and that's what separates you from that's why I think, you know, you know, if you want to talk about LeBron, let's talk about LeBron and Kobe. Because yeah, Kobe's the same thing. He didn't have a lot of rebounds and assists, but at the same time, he had that killer mentality. He would fucking shoot that shit all goddamn night long to fucking beat you. The
1: the like the because of the younger set too, and we've we've had this discussion already before. The misnomer is that LeBron played against better teams than Jordan did. That's bullshit. So like I, I'm tired of hearing about the Warriors were really good and the Spurs were really good. But like you said, Joe, uh, LeBron played against 30 for 30 percent of the teams. LeBron played against in the postseason had 50 or more wins, whereas like 70 percent for Jordan. That's a huge gap. We're not talking about five percent here. We're talking about 30 percent. That's a huge gap. And people that didn't watch the NBA, these like 25 year old kids, the NBA was better back then than it is now. I'm not even. I it was mean, harder. I don't think that, I don't even think at this point that it's an opinion. I think it's a fact. So I think the NBA was better back then. I watched it. I've watched it since I was about eight. And I think the NBA was better back then because I think there were more all time great players playing in between 87 and 98. We'll pick a 10 year period there. More of the all time great NBA players were playing during that 10 years than there are now. I, I don't believe there's that many all-time great. There are good players, but how many people in the NBA right now legitimately are first-time ballot Hall of Famers? LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. That's it. James Harden has to win something before I think he he can't keep choking the postseason before you bring his name up. So to me, yeah. I name three guys right now who are surefire bets for like Hall of Fame. There's probably a couple others who are babies, Those are the only three guys who I think are for sure right now.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, because there's a lot of great players, but they don't win when it comes to the postseason. They fizzle out. They're great regular season players. They're dominant regular season players. But postseason, they can't step up and they can't win.
1: That's James Harden right now. James Harden can win all – do whatever he wants in the regular season. Until he wins a game that matters, that's always going to follow him. Chris Paul is another guy. Great regular season player. Garbage in the playoffs. I'm not impressed. Win something, buddy, and then we'll talk. Barkley made it to the finals. Ewing made it to the finals. Those guys that didn't get rings at least made it to the finals. These guys haven't even made it to the finals yet. So like to me, Harden probably will get in. First, second ballot. I won't necessarily agree with that though, because I think he's he he hasn't delivered when it matters. And that that what you do in the postseason matters in the NBA. You can try to play it off like it doesn't, but it matters. Winning matters. Mm-hmm. So that's the the gap. Jordan won way more than LeBron did. That's that's a, the the easiest statistic to throw out in this argument is six rings to three. That that, that really the argument's <clears throat> over already.
0: LeBron got swept. Jordan never got swept in the, in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, let another. Argue- thing. Another thing too was like you know people always talk about LeBron going to the finals. How many years in a row? Well. He's been to the finals, what, nine times in seven? It was eight seven, years in a row. Yeah, eight years in a row. So he's, how many times in the finals? And like nine, nine, nine final nine trips. Nine times.
1: For so 17
0: six. years. But yet, Magic made it to the finals nine times in 12 years. So that's irrelevant stat there. Um, right, and Magic has a winning record in the finals, too.
1: He
2: does. Correct.
0: Here, here's something I want to just read this. I, I, I found this from a guy, um, a sports guy, uh, a, a show on uh, one of the bar stool uh podcast things that i watch and all that stuff one of the guys posted this on there he said from the time he was beating georgetown in 1982 to the time he beat utah in 1998 jordan was the best player at the end of the season at the end of the series and at the end of the games jordan just didn't dominate pro basketball in the 90s he tore down the conversations that guided leagues up for decades shifting the focus from bruising bigs to shot creating wings don't ask if MJ could hang with the elite guards in Wings of Today. He was the pro- progenitor of them. He reshaped basketball wisdom thanks to an unprecedented blend of physical gifts, competitive spirit, and artistry. In a copycat league, but Michael Jordan didn't plagiarize, he wrote the book. And I mean, I, I think a lot, a, a lot of that is is definitely valid. Um, well, I mean, Kobe, valid. Kobe gave... All of the he said that he wouldn't have won anything if it wasn't
1: for Jordan. So, like, the one of the other greatest players of all time gave all the credit <laughs> to, to Jordan. Like, he didn't even say, I did this myself. He said, you know, apparently those guys, he was training with him and nobody really knew about it. You know, it's not like Durant and LeBron hanging out and posting pictures together. Kobe and Jordan's was more clandestine and we didn't know as much about it. But mm-hmm. for that guy to give all of his credit to Jordan, that's that's another all-time great player saying none of this happens if, if Jordan doesn't teach me stuff.
2: Yeah. So, all right, guys. So we are minutes, 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 minutes away from the Mount Rushmore based on today's theme, the GOAT. Coming up, like I said, in mere minutes. So stay tuned. Do, not, do, do You do not want to miss it. And on top of that, don't forget to go to our YouTube page, which you can find us on YouTube at Four Guys Roundtable Show. You can leave a comment on the video. Um, You can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. And you can find us on Stitcher, all those things where you can find our podcast for the audio version, not just the video version on YouTube. So make sure you go check us out there. Um, It's really good stuff.
3: All right, Pat. Darth Pat. Yeah, to bring it back to kind of where we started this discussion, again, the movie Bad Teacher. <laughs> oh,
0: let's go back to this. Yeah. He's found the,
3: it. Arg- the argument was literally what we've kind of discussed. The kid is insisting that LeBron is a better rebounder and passer. And the teacher just says, LeBron will never beat Jordan. Call me when LeBron has six championships. to so Which the kid retorts that's your only argument? And the teacher just shouts right back, it's the only <laughs> argument I need! <laughs> and it's true. I uh, believe oh, Theo said that a few minutes ago.
1: <laughs> when, when the argument progresses past that, I think me and Theo have proved tonight, and even you guys, to some, there are multiple other ways to go in that. The one thing, too, about the, the people I do know who try to argue with me run better. They can't really give me anything. Nobody's ever like sat across from me or on the phone with me and just gave me something where I'm like, okay, maybe you're right on that. Maybe I didn't think about that. Nobody's really ever came at me with anything convincing. Like if you're going to make your case to me, you better come at like me or Joe with something convincing. If you don't even come with like, something convincing, that's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. And that's what happens with most of these people I argue with about it. They don't have enough. <laughs> they don't know enough. Or they're, they're just throwing crap at me. And I'm just like, bring me something. Don't just you say, know. well, it's not just about rings. There's other things. There are other things. We talked about them. Like, I also, LeBron, Jordan is the only person in NBA history to win the MVP and the defensive player in the same year. That means he was the best player in the NBA, period. That year on both sides of the ball, nobody else has ever done that. So that's
3: yeah, that's crazy. So So Pat, I think that I think that this is an argument that will probably last as long as we we're talking about sports in some way, shape, or form. Again, like I said, I mentioned like the two sabermetric stats, which have them both one and two. you know, I don't know of anybody else that's like really active right now. I know Anthony Davis is high on the 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 efficiency rating stat, but I don't know anybody else that's really that high up on the the value stat that could get up to their levels and everything. But I think that ultimately what we've said is that this is going to kind of be one of those arguments like people used to have about who was better, Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio, or more recently, who was better, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. And I think in a lot of cases the tiebreaker that people are always going to use to try to be like the argument settlement is going to be the number of championships. It is you know, Joe DiMaggio supposedly took pleasure in mocking the fact that Ted Williams never won the world series and DiMaggio won. I can't remember was six or seven or whatever. Now Brady obviously has the edge in super bowls over Peyton Manning. Um, will LeBron be able to catch Jordan? clock's ticking for him. He's 35 now, I think. I mean, I don't see any reason why he couldn't play another six or seven years. In today's mean, league, yeah. He's going to start slowing down. If you look at some of his numbers, like I said, like that value stat, he's not as high up on that as he was a few years ago. So time catches up with all of us, especially when you're an athlete. So, mm-hmm. so again, it's a fascinating argument. And, like I said, have we settled it? Hell no. <laughs> <My> <laughs> so does that mean it's settled. time? That's all right. Me, me,
1: and, me and Theo's mind has been settled. So.
3: Well, okay. But again, I'm saying like the greater populace out there. And again, that's why we love sports is because we just love having these debates. So with so, that, I think the time has come. Yes. <laughs> for the Mount Rushmore. It's and time. Keeping with the theme tonight, again, which has been the NBA, we are going to pick our Mount Rushmore of NBA. So, with that, um, let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, Mo, Jeremy, why don't I'll you just start? that I
0: better not be Mo.
2: Okay. So, because I love this theme and I love the fact that we're doing this every single podcast, our theme is, as Darth Pat mentioned, is NBA, and we're going with. Greatest of all time, just players, not the greatest of all time player, but players that we have seen play in our lifetime. We're not going back to, you know, the 60s and 70s that we've never actually watched. We're staying within our theme. Uh, So I'm going to get the I get the first pick, I guess, um, since it came to me. And I am going to go, even though I have never been a Lakers fan by any means, but I can appreciate 100% the kind of player that he was and what he did. And that is Magic Johnson is my pick to go on the Mount Rushmore this today. And it, it's simply because from from what I was mentioning earlier about all encompassing what makes you a goat in, in any sport, Magic changed the game. You know, him and Berg came in at the same time, but he changed the game as far as what a guard can do and what a guard can be. You know, when he goes to the finals and Kareem's down with an injury and he goes, I'll play center. <laughs> he's six, nine. He's not supposed to play center. Like he's <laughs> supposed to be six, six, 11, seven, two, somewhere in there to play center. But he goes out and plays center. And if that doesn't happen as a rookie at 20 years old, they don't win the NBA finals that year they don't go on and beat the Celtics. Sorry, he, sorry, Ajo, he AJ, well.
1: He had monster numbers. Like he didn't just like show up. He played well. Like he had yeah. points and a couple get, like he played out of position. Well,
2: yeah. yeah. So you can't, you know, you had that, you had the no look passes that he did. He could shoot. He, you know, he could dribble. Like he was just one of those players that could just play. Like he could play his ass off and he proved that year in year out. Until, you know, the whole HIV thing happened and then he tried to make a comeback, you know, a couple times. And then of course Jordan came into the league and then it was kind of all over for pretty much everybody. Um, You know, once he, you know, once they got established, the the Bulls got established, but so for me, Magic Johnson goes on Mount Rushmore today.
1: I'm going to pass it to AJ. So I'm, I'm going to pick. My pick for Mount Rushmore is Larry Bird. Uh, Magic and Larry Bird were, were the choices. So Bird was my favorite player as a kid. And like Jeremy said, those, those two guys as a unit both changed the game. Magic was more flashy. He he made the passes. He did all the flashy stuff, and he had that, like, million-dollar smile <laughs> that the media loved. Bird was more of the, I don't really like the media but he had to, like, he had to learn how to deal with them because when you're that good of a player, you and he, he made it work, but he was kind of more, like, laid back about it. I just, he had, because I said, I think he had the smartest, like, the, the best basketball IQ I've ever seen. He, he said in his books, I've read about him, he said he got bored in games. So he would start saying, okay, in the third quarter, I'm only going to shoot with my left hand. Like he got so bored playing sometimes that he was doing stuff like that to challenge himself. Like that to me is somebody that's way ahead of their time. When you're that, when you're challenging yourself to do stuff like that, or he was like, I think one time with Kevin McHale, they were arguing. I think they were neck and neck for like the free throw, like the free throw percentage for the season. They were bickering. And I think they said McHale was like talking shit to him from the sidelines. And I think they said bird shut his eyes. And made the free throw with his eyes shut, just to piss him the tail <laughs> off. So, like, there's a nice. game, there's a game where Bird's playing against the Hawks, where he drops like 60, and by the time he gets to 50, they're showing the highlights, and the guys on the Hawks bench are going nuts. So, guys on the opposing team's bench. Are like slapping high fives with each other, as Bird is lighting them up.
2: <laughs> like, that That's how bad you suck. Time. You're cheering for the other team.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it happened with Jordan, but because I liked Bird, I that was the first time I had ever seen something like that, and it was crazy. Like he makes a three on right by their bench and gets fouled, makes the shot, gets fouled, and the guys are like slapping him on the back from the Hawks.
0: <laughs> great play bird it was against us that <laughs> fucking awesome
3: almost almost kind of sounds like when you're getting no hit or perfect games in baseball like you know as a fan at least you're almost rooting to see it happen because it's so rare thank
1: yeah. gosh yeah. like we got to see thank gosh we got to see bird and magic and jordan like change the game because I I, oh, yeah. I I don't know if i would have liked basketball <laughs> as much if i didn't get to see those guys those guys made me like basketball especially bird and magic because of my age it was really those two guys that made me like like basketball. So I'm gonna turn it over to Theo now. We know like who he's picking
2: already, <laughs> don't we?
3: Scott Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Yes. <laughs> <Jordan>. <laughs> you would a bad
2: pick. You wouldn't like, a bad pick.
0: Like, no, no, I was gonna say Dennis Rodman to be an ass, but I, 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 I like, I like Dennis. Um, no, it's just it's Michael Jordan, goat, the one and only. Just, just, just watch it. Last dance, people. Just watch it again on repeat, over and over again. Like I watched, you know, game six of the NBA Finals over and over again. Um, it's all good. That's that's that's, that's who it is. Um, just, 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 just. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, just another thing too. You know, let's look at the the last game when he makes that last shot. Let's let's look at the uh, the, the whole aspect of that game. He pretty much carried that team to that win. I mean, you come into a game with Scottie Pippen having a shitty back. He's in and out of the game. He comes in and can barely play. He's kind of a decoy. And that's kind of stupid on Utah. It's hard to even let that even happen. And then Dennis Rodman's not playing well at all. Like fucking Carl Malone's kicking his ass goddamn pretty much the whole game. No one else has really fucking scored points. Kukoc, I think, was the second leading scorer with like 15 or 17 points for the game and Jordan pretty much had to put the whole fucking team on his back and carry that team to an NBA title. And you want to talk about a block that happened three minutes before the end of the game? Fuck that block. Let's look at the fucking last minute where he scores. He scores the basket. They come down. He steals it from Carl Malone. He does it himself, steals the fucking ball because he's smart, and then goes down and makes the winning fucking drive. So he scores two baskets and a steal. It then within like what 30-40 fucking seconds to goddamn seal the fucking win.
1: The greatest individual performance on the biggest stage of any person ever in NBA history. That's the greatest 40 seconds with the iconic individual any individual in the game of that many pictures.
0: The picture's right there. Nobody's even close there
1: to having a moment like he did. Like Joe said, he did everything. In that 40 seconds, nobody else did anything except for him.
0: And that whole game. And like he was exhausted and tired, and he still beat a fucking Utah Jazz team pretty much by himself.
2: Which was a really good Utah Jazz team, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They had a really good team. Really good. Absolutely. All right, Pat. Don't disappoint me. Darth Pat.
3: Well. I think it's, you know, pretty much impossible to not because, I mean, you know, we've already had Jordan and yeah, You're
0: going to the dark side, aren't you, you fucker?
3: Well, <laughs> I can't say any of the guys who, you know, first came before I was, you know, really alive or watching. So I can't say Russell or Chamberlain or Kareem or Oscar Robertson. I also couldn't ever feel right picking guys like Dr. J or Moses Malone, whose I feel like careers were over before I ever started watching. True. At the same time, I don't feel like I can pick any of the guys who are the big superstars of today because I just don't watch the NBA that much anymore. So I want to pick LeBron or James Harden or Chris Paul or Kevin Durant. Get on with it. <laughs> He's the guy who, in addition to Jordan, I really feel is the most transformative player that I've seen. And that's something we didn't mention before. And that's Shaquille O'Neal. I know that, that, can, be, I know that <laughs> can be interesting? And, you know, again, it's not as if being a dominant center was anything new in the NBA when Shaq came along. But I just feel like there was something True. about Shaq that kind of transcended a few things. Maybe it was his personality and the fact that, again, they looked at him and said, oh, we got to get this guy into things outside of basketball, whether it's making a bad rap album. Or making a bunch of bad movies. Though Blue Chips was good.
2: <laughs> I have to admit Blue something right now. I had yeah. his two albums, Shaq Fu, and the I
3: don't know what the other one was. Shaq Diesel. Shaq Diesel. Diesel. I remember thinking about buying that too when I was like 13 years old or whatever the hell it was, and then I thought better of it. But but and, and like his I said, the like, you know, song was
1: uh, was with Fu Schnickens. Can we rock? What's up, Doc?
3: That's the whole
2: reason I got bought it. <laughs>
3: Like, no, and like really. I said, I mean, like you know, they put him in movies. I mean, he was good in Blue Chips, but he was basically playing himself. And then I never saw the other ones. Um, you know, they they had him in re- wrestling events. You know, he's there with Hulk Hogan at the 1994 Bash at the Beach. But again, they came up, of course, you know, with the concept of Hack-a-Shack because obviously he was such a horrendous Yeah. Uh, that also kind of told you that they felt like, well, this is the only way we can stop the guy is by putting him on the foul line. So. I just always felt like there was not many other players that you saw that other teams were so openly specific about saying we have to stop this player. We can't let this player beat him. I mean, obviously you'd say that about Michael Jordan. But at the same time, you know, you, you couldn't stop Michael Jordan if you wanted to, you know. Uh, so, you know, unless you had like Gerald Wilkins playing defense on him or something like that, because I was I remember them calling Gerald Wilkins a Jordan buster. But um I don't know. To me, to me, Shaq just you know checked a lot of boxes again as far as being, you know, a dominant player. You know, a guy who was you know just hard to move and you know a guy who obviously had a a, a huge impact. You know, whether it was you know on or so. I mean, to me, to he me once he got into his prime, I think you know there was there were there he was, you know, probably the most dominant force in the league, especially once Jordan was out. So.
2: I'll give it to you. I I I'll agree with you on that, Dart Pat. I'm I'm gonna
1: 100% disagree with you. But
3: <laughs> what gonna, a surprise!
1: This is going. We're just gonna go right back to what we went to with the other argument. you you sound like a casual fan because you're talking about what the guy did offensively. You didn't say. Nobody says anything ever about what Shaq did defensively because he didn't do anything defensively. So here's the problem. You have Shaq, who's a really good center. Numbers-wise, you, you compare his numbers to Olajuwon, very similar offensively. Defensively, is the greatest center of all time defensively. He was two times defensive player of the year and nine times first-team all-defense. That's a huge gap. So you're, like, taking this guy just because he's good offensively, and then you're also trying to justify the fact that he sucked at the free-throw line. You're, like, trying to, like, <laughs> use that to his advantage. And he missed – the end of lots of important games because he couldn't make free throws. So your best player had to go sit on the bench because he couldn't make free throws at the end of the game. Isn't that when you want your best player in the game? I I don't think that's when you want him on the bench. He also got swept in the playoffs six times. That's a lot. (laughs) So I think Shaq was a really good offensive player, but I think once again, everybody forgets about the defensive end. So, and I think that, you take on over Shaq because of, he was a better defensive player. He was a better two-way player. I'm not saying Shaq wasn't good because Shaq was good. His numbers in the three finals that they won that with the Lakers are ridiculous. But I think, once again, the defense thing comes into play, and I don't mm-hmm. like when people forget about the defensive side of the ball because defense mattered back then. If you were using that analogy now – Maybe you're right, but I still think back then you have to take into account. They had similar careers, both of them. They both played the same amount of years. Check one more rings. I, but numbers wise, they were very similar until you yeah. switch to the defensive side of the ball. Then everything changes. So I think that's where the problem comes in. I, I would rather have a guy who's better on both sides of the ball in that instance. Yes. But Elijah Wan, I think he. And AJ.
2: I, I agree with you. But that's the great thing about the I'm Mount the Rushmore. I'm casual fan
0: here. It can a little be blackier.
2: whoever you feel like putting up there. I your know. nomination is your nomination, which is great, and we can have a debate. So I agree with you. Casual Darth
0: Pat but, over here.
2: <laughs> the Darth Pat casual basketball fan. You went fan. to the dark but he admitted side. That in the beginning, so we knew his pick <laughs> for Mount Rushmore was going to be off the wall.
3: So it's all I'm, good. I mean, I. <laughs> I could have said LeBron but I didn't. Thank God. We, <laughs> we would have probably kicked
1: you off the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, oh, at least man. you saved us that 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 horribleness. All right. So our Mount Rushmore for this week's episode is Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal. That's a pretty good set of basketball players, I would say. <laughs>
0: I'll Are we ready
2: to it's go fine. home? Yes. Yeah. All right, I mean, Theo. Yeah. Are you taking us home, my... or is Darth Pat taking us home? I'm
3: going to open my – yeah, Pat could do it this week. already home, and I don't want you guys to come over. All right, Darth Pat, take us home. All right, well, I think we've had a pretty lively debate, and I think when we were first starting this, we weren't sure how long we'd get out of this, but I think we got a pretty good long while. We sure so, did. So uh, <laughs> I think we did just fine with that. Um, so, you know, hey, uh, next time we'll be talking about uh, TBD. <laughs> Very Adam tr- Cole, baby! <laughs> and, and, and no, that's not some kind of weird thing for some
0: of you perverts there. Um, well, they might no. think otherwise with the poster hanging up above your head there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
3: But anyway, no, we haven't discussed what we're going to talk about next time. I mean, there's a bunch of different things we could come up with. I mean, one thing that I'd kind of like to talk about, but I don't know if everybody else wants What's going on with, are we going to have a friggin' baseball season this year? But we'll see what happens there between now and then too. So, um, but you know, hey, whatever we talk about next time, I'm pretty sure it'll be a lively discussion as it's been the first two times. And I have a feeling that We'll probably have another Mount Rushmore to talk about as well. (laughs) You betcha! (laughs) All right, so for Theo, for Jeremy, for AJ Nitro, I am Darth Pat saying, till next time, Rebel Scum.